SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Begins. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Lot to get to hour number two. Maybe some phone calls. 844-843-6879. Send a tweet at Opposite Picks and uh, do it a little YouTube chat uh, as well. And if you want to email me, go to the website, hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Check out the NBA from yesterday. We got one late score that we need to give you. We'll run down the hockey scores uh, that we continue to fail to provide you. But we got those exhibition baseball scores in. Gotta love that. Uh, we got uh, some NFL news to get to. Good gravy. Uh, how about playoff games on a Monday night and uh, firing in the NBA? Uh, and a uh, clear way to bet Major League Baseball games this upcoming season. So we actually got a lot on our plate uh, for hour number two here, plus, of course, our opposite picks, which we always do 40 minutes past the hour. So maybe some phone calls if you hop on board, 844-843-6879. We'll start in the uh, the NBA, the one late score last night, in case you missed it, as uh, the – let me just run down the score here. The uh, Portland Trailblazers beat the uh, Charlotte Hornets 123-111. to Carmelo with 29, LaMelo ball with 30. Those two exchanged jerseys after the game. Oh, that's cute. LaMelo and Carmelo, they were hugging before the game, hugging after the game. I don't think the NBA loved that uh, with the protocol that was going on, but uh, that, that's okay. Blazers win 123-111. And even in defeat, I tell you, the Charlotte Hornets team was actually not too bad. For the first time in a long, long time, since Jordan has basically taken over, they actually have a team, if you're a Charlotte club, that you know what? You could point to the light at the end of the tunnel and say, maybe we got something here. Maybe with LaMelo, he is a lot better than I thought he would be. I mean, who knew, right? He played overseas. You got the goofy balls getting involved. You got Lonzo really not distinguishing himself at all. So why would you think LaMelo would be any different? But in reality, he is. 30 points last night. He's brought some respectability to that team. Uh, you know, they're not going to win any championships anytime soon. They might, though, make the playoffs. And he'll play a large role in it. If they could ever keep Gordon Hayward healthy, they'd have themselves a halfway decent team with Rozier. They really need kind of one more big-time, big-time player. But, you know, even, like I said, in defeat, uh, they played fairly well last night, although they did not cover the spread. Hockey last night, you had a bunch of games. Uh, we didn't have time for that in the update, so let me run them down for you because I know we have a lot of hockey uh uh, guys, and we got uh, one of our favorite players in action tonight, which we'll get to here in a sec. But Carolina in overtime over Florida, 3-2. to two. Ottawa, all of a sudden, the Ottawa Senators are red hot. Uh, beat up the Flames, 5-1. to one. Vancouver, 4-zip over the Jets. Only the third win in 12 games for Vancouver. Uh, Toronto, 3-0 over Edmonton. Vegas, 5-4 over Minnesota in overtime. Blues, 5-4 over the Ducks. And another shark surprise, Colorado, 6-2. to two. So you're right at your slate, all set. So let us begin in the NBA. Uh, I mentioned it, hour number one. We'll recap it here. I, I can't believe the Houston Rockets were favorites last night. Five yesterday morning. Line did drop to two and a half, maybe three in some circles. But the team that had lost 11 in a row, that's the storyline there. They've lost now 12 in a row. A team that had lost 11 in a row was a favorite, albeit over Cleveland. I get that, but... You know what? Cleveland had won three in a row heading in, now four in a row. 
and the Cadavers beat the Rockets by 11-101-90. And Houston has now lost 12 straight games, 1-11 against the spread, and 10 of those 12 losses have come by double digits. I mean, they are getting crushed, and the dopey boys in Vegas made them a favorite last night. Oh, that is just too easy. Just too, too easy. Philadelphia, same thing. I don't know. They were only a three-and-a-half-point home favorite over the Indiana Pacers. And Bede played, Simmons played, everyone else is secondary. The fact that those two star players were in the lineup, played and played well, 18 points, 24 points respectfully, and they were only a three-and-a-half-point home favorite, which is the key over a mediocre, less-than-500 Indiana Pacers team. And the 76ers have the best record in the Eastern Conference. They got the second-best home record in the NBA, and they were only a three, three-and-a-half-point home favorite over Indiana? Wow. Makes it just no sense. There's no explanation. You know, and they win by 16, 130-114. You know, you, you think maybe somebody knows something that you don't know about, so you shy away and you don't play it, or maybe you don't play it as much as you really would. And uh, Philadelphia wins going away. And they were winning from start to finish. They, they were leading by 17 points at the half. It's not like it was a close game and they pulled away late. Uh, you know, and, and if not for Indiana outscoring them by 12 in the fourth quarter, they would have won this one by 28 points. I mean, it was just a, a, a two bizarre lines last night from uh, FanDuel and, and the boys in Vegas. Washington being a favorite. Excuse me. Uh, Houston being a favorite. And Philadelphia being only a three-and-a-half point favorite. Don't get it. Luca pumped in 33. Dallas beat Orlando 131-24, but they did not cover the spread. Uh, Jazz, our Jazz lose to the Pelicans 129-124. So they're now only 3-3 three and three of their last six games as they kind of limp into the All-Star break. Uh, got a lucky overplay on the Nets last night. Nets up 10 with two minutes left. Now, you wonder why, like, uh, these coaches are fouling. They're doing this. They're doing that. Just let the game end. You're going to lose, right? Well, uh, last night is an example of why these teams, you know, kind of played out to the very, 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 very end. Spurs hit a fall-away jumper at the buzzer, sends the game to overtime, and the Nets win in overtime, though, 124-113. So the game goes over because of the overtime. Otherwise, the game would have been another under for the Nets. They've actually had a string of unders here. But uh, if you got the over, cha-ching, cha-ching, you got lucky last night. Which trends hit? Which ones did it? Which prop plays hit? Which ones are we playing tonight? You ask? We'll answer it when we come back. Opposite Pick Sports Grid Radio Series XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hold us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You see so many exciting plays that uh, kind of get tossed in, in the possession because uh, the NBA game is so quick. So when you get to, you know, have a highlight play, you know, my, my thing is always, you know, you could have a million-dollar move, but you got to have a million-dollar finish. You don't want to have a five-cent finish or anything like that. And as long as those bigs are, are catching those passes, I'm throwing in the right place. I'm just as excited as they are. Um, you know, so that, that's definitely a part of the game where I, I definitely feel uh, like it gives me great joy too, seeing them do well.
Well, the Nets still remain, though, a three-horse uh, team. There's no two ways about it. Kyrie Irving there talking about uh, DeAndre Jordan and a couple of the other uh, bigs uh, involved in their game. It, listen, it's it's going to come down to the big three. The one thing I will notice that the Nets did beat the uh, Spurs last night, 124-113, Scott Wetzel sitting in. The one thing also Kyrie would later say, he was talking about James Harden, who had another terrific game last night. Uh, Irving himself had 27 points. Seven assists, six rebounds, and 42 minutes of play. Amazing how the guy can play 42 minutes, albeit of an overtime game. Uh, a game after not being able to play at all because he has got a bump shoulder. Uh, you know, the NBA is very, you know, very, very difficult. You want to tell me that your shoulder is so injured that you can't play? Okay. But then you could play two days later, 42 minutes. Boy, you're talking about a remarkable recovery. Unbelievable, boy. I took this pill. I put this lotion on, put the Theragold on, and oh, my gosh, it was, you know, unbelievable. You know, my arm is terrific. Little Ben Gay, whatever, you know, it, it, miracles occur. Unbelievable shoulder injury, yeah. Anyway, so he later would go on to praise James Harden, who also had a terrific game, 30 points last night, 15 assists, uh, 10, uh, 14 rebounds, so we got a triple-double, another triple-double for James Harden, who's turning into a triple-double machine. I think that's the seventh one now uh, th this season for him. And he really has been everything that you could have asked for if you're a Nets fan coming into this game uh, and into this season, right, since they acquired him anyway. He said, uh, when James is being James, meaning, you know, James Harden, uh, it makes our job a lot easier, so we got to get used to somebody special like him, things like that in terms of breaking records. I can't wait to be right alongside him. My name and Nets history and all the guys on our team where we're just breaking records as a team, then individually we're stacking up with some of the best to ever play. So what's the issue? No, no issue. It's just amazing how, you know, normally when you're younger, you would put up those kind of sentiments like, okay, I'm in the league one, two, three years. You know, who am I to step on anybody's toes? James Harden's the greatest thing in the world. And then when you get older and you get more accomplished, you you feel a little resentment like, okay, well, wait a minute. Why is he getting all the limelight? Why is he getting to play point guard? Why why can't I play point guard? I came here with Durant, not, not Harden. But it's actually going in reverse with Kyrie in that when he was younger, he was dealing with LeBron James and that pissed him off, never wanted to defer, you know, got the statements afterwards, you know, uh, you know, so-and-so, uh, so, I'm the best player that I've ever played with, never played, remember the comment, never played with anyone that I felt comfortable taking the last second shot, taking some subtle digs at LeBron, you know, whereas you would have thought he would have deferred as a younger guy, and then as you get older, you don't, and now as he's getting older, and he's not old by any stretch, but now he's willing to defer. Now he's willing to kiss James Harden's ass and say, it's your team. You can play the point guard. Who cares? Keep on doing what you're doing. And yet he fought LeBron James every step of the way. Very strange with, with Kyrie. We all know he's a strange cat. So, but, you know, how long will it last? Is that a little subtle dig at James? I can't wait to be alongside him. My name in Nets history with all the guys on our team where we're just breaking records as a team. Not as an individual? I don't know. Is that a shot at, at, at James? I don't I don't think so. I really don't. Uh, but it is kind of weird how um, he has kind of changed things around with his philosophy on uh, NBA basketball. All right, so last night, uh, let's uh, take out our pad and pencils, as we like to say. Uh, we had six plays with streaks for last night. 
We had uh, over 226 Dallas Orlando winner. We had Philadelphia at home with those great monster numbers against uh, Indiana, as we've talked about. Winner. We had over 235 Utah and New Orleans as the Pelicans continue to produce more and more overs. Now 24-4-2 over on New Orleans. Winner. We had Cleveland at Houston grabbing uh, five points yesterday morning. Winner. We had over 230 Charlotte and Portland. As we continue to say, just like New Orleans, Charlotte now 17-5 and over their last 22 games. Very, very, very quietly because it's Charlotte. Because they're not winning all these games. They're not losing all these games. They're just, you know, hovering around 500. But in the process, they are an over machine. Winner there. The only loser was Utah laying six against uh, New Orleans. <clears throat> so we're probably going to stop playing the Jazz. They, they've lost now three out of their last six. Great little stretch, though. So last night, our trend plays five and one. Not bad. Take that every day of the week. That's for darn sure, right? Five and one. Today, what's in uh, store today for us, Scott? Forget about yesterday. Yesterday's over. All right, we have uh, seven more plays today. We got Washington, and these lines as of last night. Washington, according to FanDuel, getting one uh, at Memphis. I don't quite understand that line. I, I really don't. Washington is at home. And they're actually playing some halfway decent basketball. Dare you even suggest it with the Wizards? But they they really are. Um, I want to double check. It's either six of seven or seven of eight. Uh, seven of the last ten, I know that. But it's even better than that. It might be seven of nine that they've won. Let me see. One, two. Oops. Was it one, two, three, four, five, six, eight? Yeah, seven of nine. And one of those, the last time out, was a one-point loss at Boston, in which they should have won. They had a, a lead with, uh, you know, they had a four-point lead with 20 seconds left, and they blew it. Uh, other than that, they, they got one monumental loss against the Clippers, but that came a day after upsetting the Lakers in overtime. You knew they were going to be gassed for that game. Um, other than that, they played some good, good ball. Uh, like I said, seven out of nine. And yet they're going to be a home underdog to Memphis? Really? I'll take that. So that, that's a trend play based on Washington playing so well. Uh, over Atlanta, Miami, FanDuel didn't have a number posted on that, so whatever it is, uh, we'll play the over. Hawks 9-2-1 over their last uh, 12 games, although it did go under their last game against Miami, but no Jimmy Butler, so make sure Butler plays. Uh, under Knicks 20-11 at San Antonio. Uh, over 236, Denver, Milwaukee. This is not a great trend. Nuggets 16, 11, and one over. But, you know, five is generally my, as long as it's a five difference, then I do it. And, and also with Milwaukee, which is, a, a you know, a high-scoring team. So uh, I'll grab Phoenix plus one and a half uh, against the Lakers as the Suns are 19 and 10 on the season against the spread. Second best against the spread record in the NBA behind only Utah. We got two little bonuses today. We got the coaches fired system, which I'll get to here in a second. And we also have the Knicks halftime line. Yep. Uh, Knicks, 13 straight winners at the half. And tonight they play San Antonio. Let me see what the halftime line is. They're getting three and a half for the game. So I'm guessing they'll be getting around uh, two or so. First half, one and a half, two. Uh, ooh, they actually got it even. Uh, FanDuel's wise enough on that. And normally, if you're a three and a half point dog, you know, you're getting one and a half, two points at half. They generally just cut it in half. Nothing crazy. 
And uh, they must be getting wind on this because they got it at Pickham. Interesting. You know what? I'll still play the deck, even at Pickham. 13 straight halftime covers is 13 straight no matter what the line. So grab that. And the other one is uh, the uh, coach's fired system. Now, it failed us earlier this year, but Atlanta fired their head coach yesterday. And uh, they're in action later on tonight at Miami. So we're going to grab the the Hawks. I, I think this was a little bit better than the, the previous one with Minnesota because Minnesota just absolutely stinks. So I'll take my chances that uh, the Hawks actually liked uh, their head coach and are probably a little ticked off that he got fired, which I got to say, we'll spend a second on it when we come back. Um, he got a raw deal. He really got a raw, raw deal. I mean, when you find out how many guys have been injured for Atlanta and for him not to get the full season, wow, it's tough being an NBA head coach. It is. Talk about it next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Um, we're in the East right now, so 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 uh, I think maybe we're three, four games out of the playoffs, which is crazy if you think about it, um, after losing 10 in a row. So it just shows uh, in, in our conference, if we just keep getting wins, um, we can actually get in the playoffs and, uh, and make a run for it. So that's amazing. And uh, we just got to keep everybody's confidence up and we have to keep everybody together and uh, make sure we play team ball, team defense, team offense. And I feel like we'll be fine. Yeah, he's right and he's wrong at the same time. JaVale McGee, who last time we checked was with Cleveland. I think he's played on every single team in the NBA. Uh, he is on the Cadavers. He is on the, uh, you know, in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, realistically, he is, uh, you know, him, meaning the Cavaliers, three games out of the final playoff spot in the loss column. Uh, 21 losses with the uh, Charlotte Hornets uh, with a 16 and 18 record being in the number eight spot. So, you know, yeah, three three wins, uh, no big deal, three losses. So they are certainly within striking distance. But is that team a playoff team when everything is said and done? I don't think so. I could see Washington making a run for the postseason. I could see the Pacers making a run. I could see the Hawks turning things around here a little bit. Uh, but I don't see Cleveland. That I, I could even see Orlando making a run. But I don't see the cadavers, no. In fact, neither does FanDuel because they have a little prop that says, uh, you know, will a team make the postseason or not? And they list most of the teams, keyword there, most. They don't list Cleveland. <laughs> you know, I mean, you talk about disrespect. You can bet Atlanta. You can bet Boston. You can bet Charlotte. You can bet the Bulls. You can bet Dallas. You can bet Denver, Golden State. You know, it goes alphabetical after that. It's like, wait a minute, what, what happened to Cleveland? Last time I checked, Cleveland starts with a C. I see Charlotte. I see Chicago. I don't see Cleveland. No, they don't have the, the Cavaliers up there. So, um, good luck, uh, you know, trying to get that bet. Unless you want to have the bet to win the division, which is like 260 to 1. So, but, you know. Striking distance, absolutely. Who knows? Uh, we'll see, but I don't think so. All right, uh, a couple things here uh, before we uh, go back to uh, our NBA. Well, let's get back into the NBA here. I, I do want to bring up, I feel bad for Lloyd Pierce, uh, but I've been saying this, which is why I bring it up, and it does bring in, a, in one of the better betting trends, and that is bet on a team that just fired its head coach. 
You're going to get the the Hawks tonight. I imagine they're going to be getting two or three. Let me see if FanDuel has a lineup there. They didn't uh, as of last night. Uh, but let's see if they uh, posted one games for today. Uh, yeah, three and a half. That's what I figured. So you're getting three and a half with Atlanta, plus 130 on the money line. Not a great value with the money line. If it was up to plus 150, I would say do that. But I'd just as soon have the plus uh, three and a half versus plus only 130. It's one of the better betting systems. You bet on a team the first time out after they fire their head coach. But, you know, he's been there two and a half years, Lloyd Pierce. I get that. But think about some of the additions they made this offseason. Uh, they, they signed Danilo Gallinari to a ridiculous three-year, $61 million contract. He's not worth that anymore. He's basically done. Uh, but they bring him in. They bring Rondo in, two years, $15 million, which actually is a pretty good contract. They bring Chris Dunn in, two years, $5 million. Not a bad contract. Uh, they give a, a monster four-year, $72 million contract to uh, Bajanovic. So, you know, if you throw on uh, Trey Young, that's, that's not a bad little team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know what? They should be challenging for a playoff, Scott. They should be, you know, when you consider the number four seed uh, has 17 losses and, and you're talking about the Cleveland Cadavers having a shot to make the postseason and the Knicks are in the number four spot, then yeah, you know what? So should Atlanta. And I get all that. However, uh, you know, another little saying we have, don't let facts get in the way of a good rant. Hey, this poor guy, you know, Dunn is yet to play this year. Gallinari has missed nine of their games, so a third of their season. Bogdanovich has missed 25 of their games, so basically the entire season. You know, I mean, it's not like he's playing with the hand that he was dealt. If he's had Gallinari the whole time and Rondo the whole time and Dunn the whole time and Bogdanovich the whole time uh, and they still have failed, then I get it. But they played, what is it, 33 games? 34 games, and they haven't had a true lineup one time. And you're going to whack the guy? I don't know. You know, you got Nate McMillan taking over. I'm, I imagine the players like him. I don't know if they dislike Lloyd Pierce or not. I don't know if that's going to make a difference. I don't know how a guy who's already on your staff who has some input is all of a sudden going to make that much more of a difference as a head coach versus an assistant coach. You know, you bring a guy in from outside, then I get it. Then it's a new face, new voice, new fresh blood. But, you know, you bring in these guys, and, and, and it makes it all sounds good, but these guys haven't been with the team. And, and, and one guy missed you know, Bogdanovich, the main guy out of all that. You know, he's missed 25 games. You know, the biggest acquisition this offseason missed 25. Gallinari, your second biggest acquisition, has missed a third of the season. And, and you want to fire the head coach? That's just not fair. That, that, that's just not, just not fair. Uh, that, that is just dopey. MLB. Two things. One, they uh, are allowing in-game video back in baseball this year. That's so that you can go watch after you strike out. You can go watch the uh, tendencies of the pitcher, figure out where the pitch was, what it wasn't, what it's supposed to be. And that's huge. <clears throat> you know, in all the articles I read about this yesterday, you know, you had every hitter in the world saying, thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness. So now they can go into the dugout with their iPads beginning opening day and check out the pictures and what went wrong. That, to me, is a huge thing for what I've been reading. 
Quite frankly, I think it's stupid. I don't think any video should be allowed. Once the game starts, you got to shut it all down. I But, you know, baseball wants runs. They don't want strikeouts. They don't want one, two, three innings. They want runs without necessarily cheating. Runs didn't come last year. So they said, all right, we can't do this again. No, 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 no. We, we got to have fannies back into the ballpark. We need runs. Allow that video stuff again. So bet the over on these games. As a general rule, you bet over in baseball games because that's going to allow the hit the hitters to have that, you know, not a lot, but definitely a little advantage for sure. Number two, you see the Red Sox game against the Braves yesterday? They stopped the game in the first inning because the pitcher was struggling. <clears throat> What do you mean they stopped the game? Yeah, they have a rule now, in preseason games anyway, that after a pitcher throws 20 pitches, if that team's manager wants to end the inning, he can. Like, what? Yeah, uh, Red Sox, in fact, did it twice yesterday. The, the starting pitcher, Garrett Richards, was struggling. He walked the bases loaded. He walked in a run. He did have one out. He reached 24 pitches, and the Red Sox said, that's it, inning's over. And the inning is over. And that pitcher is able to come out the next inning. It's not even like, well, you know, if you, if you call the inning, then you got to pull the pitcher out. No. <clears throat> he can then pitch again the next inning, as he did. How dopey is that? I mean, and then they did it again. In the, I want to say, fourth inning with a pitcher who uh, tweaked his arm a little bit. In the end, turned out it was okay. But the Braves are threatening. They, they were leading, I think it was 5-2 at the time. He tweaks his arm. Instead of just bringing in a new pitcher, Red Sox said, that's it. Inning's over. Okay. I mean, you talk about crazy. You know, think about the the, the, the strategies that could occur if they wanted to, right? I know it's preseason baseball, but... You could be leading 3-1, going to the bottom of the ninth. The opposing team is threatening, and you could just say, that's it. Our pitcher's throwing 20 pitches. Inning's over. Game's over. We win. See you later. You know I mean? Would a team do that? I don't know. Maybe. You know, maybe a team that wants to win, you know? Maybe a team that wants to make a mockery of the rules. I, I never heard of such a thing. I, I get, you know, putting your runner on second base. I get all that. And I get it's preseason. I get all that. But to be able to stop an inning after a pitcher throws 20 pitches, you got to be kidding me. Uh, I'll tell you what, people. <clears throat> I'll bet college football in March. I'll bet tennis overseas at 4 o'clock in the morning like we've done here. I'll bet hole-by-hole hole golf in meaningless tournaments like we've done on the weekends. I'll bet NIT college basketball games in 2021. I'll bet on regular season NBA games. I'll bet on shots on goal by NHL players that no one's ever heard of. I will not bet preseason baseball with those idiotic rules. No way. I got enough aggravation in my life. It would be just like me. I got a team that's trailing 3-1, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, nobody out, one run already in, the opposing team struggling, and the opposing manager saying, that's it, we're done, game over, we win 3-1, and I'm holding on to my losing ticket with the bases loaded and nobody out. 
No, sirree. Give me college football in March. Give me tennis at 4 o'clock in the morning. Give me hole-by-hole golf. Give me NIT, CBI, CSI. Give me shots on goal by Rusk. I am not putting American money on preseason baseball with those dopey rules. No way how. By the way, speaking of NBA or NCAA, uh, they're going to have the NIT tournament this year in Dallas. 16 teams, not the uh, 32 they normally have. Whole tournament's going to be in Dallas, so no Madison Square Garden in the end. Interesting. Um, Hockey tonight. You know who's in action, don't you? Our boy, Rusk. Yes. Last night, prop plays, shots on goal. Took a little bit of a hit. 1-5-2. Calgary, Ottawa went 0-2-2. Um, Vancouver, Winnipeg went 0-2, and uh, Toronto went 1-1 against Edmonton. So add it all up, 1-5-2 for the week. All right, opposite picks coming up, and our pyramid of winners as well. New little segment that we're going to add to the uh, opposite pick show here on Sportsman Radio Series XM 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah! LLs know what that music means. Time to take out your pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly, most profitable. 10 minutes in radio, opposite picks. What are opposite picks you newbies ask? Well, we give you six, seven games a night, give you six, seven thousand reasons why we like one team, and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas and FanDuel, and we proved it again last night, going a nice four and two, Bringing our overall record to 113 winners, 89 losers with one push. So 24 games over 500. Here we go. We got a six-pack of winners for you tonight. Five college hoop games and one NBA contest. Start with college basketball. West Virginia plus four at home versus Baylor. Well, you know what? It's the end of the Baylor Bears as we know them. I thought they were overrated before they lost to Kansas this past Saturday. Now I really do, and that they're no better than Illinois, Ohio State, Alabama. Pretty good teams, don't get me wrong, but head and shoulders above the rest of the teams like Gonzaga and Michigan are? No way. Don't think Baylor will lose two in a row, you say? Well, that's the same thing Ohio State fans thought before they lost three in a row last week. Top 10 West Virginia will not lose to Baylor at home tonight. Love getting points for with the Mountaineers. Give me Baylor minus the four. Pick number two, Arkansas laying seven at South Carolina. Don't ask how, but somehow god-awful South Carolina drilled Georgia by 20-plus points this past weekend. That doesn't hide the fact, though, that they're brutal this year. 6-12 overall, 4-10 in SEC play. I'm glad they won because it snapped their six-game losing streak, and more importantly for us, it helps keeping this line relatively low. Last time they won an SEC game, they lost the next game by 16 points to Mississippi State. Next time they won an SEC game, they lost to Awful Bandy by 12. Time before that, they won an SEC game, uh, they lost to LSU by 5. Anybody knows the trend here? They do not put back-to-back SEC wins together. Arkansas, number two team in the conference. They are going to crush South Carolina tonight. Give me South Carolina plus the seven. 
Pick number three, Western Michigan. Pick them at Northern Illinois. What's this? <laughs> Is this a joke for the boys in Vegas? I can go against Northern Illinois and pick them? What, are you kidding me? Do they not know Northern Illinois is dead last in the MAC? Do they not know Northern Illinois is 1-11 and 11 in conference play, 2-15 and 15 overall? And now <clears throat> all I need to do is have the biggest waste of human flesh in basketball uniforms lose by one lousy, stinking, putrid point? Ah, uh, this is too easy. I mean, who in their right mind is crazy enough to put American money on Northern Illinois? Give me Northern Illinois, you pick them. Pick number three, Illinois plus eight at Michigan. Wolverines are playing great basketball. Don't get me wrong, no doubt about it. But they shouldn't be an eight-point favorite in the Big Ten game of the year. No way. That's way too high. Illini have won nine of its last ten. They already have nice road wins at Wisconsin, at Indiana, at Minnesota, at the Dookie Pukies. So, yes, they can get it done at Michigan. Wolverines, 5-0 since taking three weeks off because of the uh, coronavirus situation they had. Um, <clears throat> they got back-to-back games against rival Michigan State up next. I don't think they'll actually be looking past Illinois, but maybe they're not 100% focused. Bottom line is th- this should be about a three, maybe four-point uh, point spread. <clears throat> and the game should really go down to the wire. I love, love getting eight points with Illinois. Give me Michigan minus the eight. Uh, Pick number five, Mississippi laying one versus Kentucky. Wow. Wildcats had turned their season around. And even had head coach John Calipari thinking about scheduling a non-conference game to help its NCAA at-large bid hopes. But they then lost to Florida on Saturday, and all that was uh, thrown out the window. You're talking about taking the wind out of your sails. They're emotionally shot for this game as their full attention goes to the SEC postseason tournament now. This game means nothing to them, but it still means everything to Ole Miss, which has been beaten to the pulp by Kentucky over the last years. This marks just the second time in 39 games that Ole Miss is favored in this matchup. They have lost 22 of their last 24 games against Kentucky, including 11 in a row. You got to go back 10 years the last time they beat Kentucky. This is their national championship. It's on the four-letter network. I love Ole Miss laying just one. Give me Kentucky plus the one. Last pick, Purdue laying two versus Wisconsin. This is a decent Wisconsin team, but not a great one. They've lost six of their last 10 as they're falling apart down the stretch. Purdue, on the other hand, has won nine of 12, including three in a row. They need another big win like this to clinch an NCAA at-large bid. They're also a nifty 80s term, nine and one at home this year. Wisconsin is only five and four on the road with nearly all those five road wins against the worst teams in the conference. They lost at Michigan. They lost at Illinois. Any team with a breath on the road, they lost to this year. You got to be drunk to bet whiskey to beat the Boilermakers on the road. Love Purdue Lane, only two at home. Give me Wisconsin plus the two. Our six pack of winners. We got uh, Baylor minus four against West Virginia. We got South Carolina plus seven against Arkansas. We got Northern Illinois, pick them against Western Michigan. We got Michigan laying eight against Illinois. We got Kentucky plus one against Ole Miss. And uh, give me Wisconsin plus the two against Purdue. Opposite picks on this Tuesday, March 2nd.
right, there you go. Post them on the website as we always do. Uh, you know, pretty much right after the show. And uh, I will post, uh, by the way, those trend picks. I know I got a couple of uh, tweets about that. I understand you guys, most of you guys are driving and gals driving. And, uh, you know, you can't take out your padded pencils. Wouldn't want you to do that. So I will make a point of posting those on the website as well. Just go to the hockey page uh, for obviously the hockey picks and then the NBA page for the NBA picks. And I post the opposite picks on the front page uh, of the website. So there you go. Yesterday, though, we did go four and two. Not bad. Uh, hit with uh, Oklahoma State, hit with Oregon, which I really did like Arizona. I mean, I liked them all, but, you know, sometimes you like some more than others. I really thought the angle on Arizona playing its last game and Oregon having UCLA up next would have been enough for Arizona to keep it close. They did, but they didn't cover. Uh, Oregon covers the four and a half. Colorado State was a winner laying 19 against Air Force. Strange game, just like they, their, their game on Saturday. It was a close game. It was a three-point game at the half. You know, it was a six-point game with – or it was an eight-point game with six minutes left the other night, and you were getting 20, and Colorado State just shut down Air Force the rest of the way and ended up winning by 24 and got the the weird cover. And then last night, same exact thing. It's a three-point game at the half. You're getting 19. You're you're down three. It's anybody's game. You're, You're thinking about winning this game outright. And Colorado State ends up winning and going away, and they cover the 19. Go figure. So that was the winner. Uh, I had New Orleans, the Pelicans, plus six against Utah. That was the winner. And then we lost with uh, North Carolina laying two. I, I just love Syracuse. I really did. And then we lost with NC Asheville laying three and a half against Longwood in the Big South tournament. Uh, Longwood won. and In fact, they won easily, as I mentioned yesterday. Uh, NC Asheville, they hadn't played in over a month. Literally, the last game was uh, was January. They had no business being a favorite. So uh, in the end, you know, you, you play the bulk of them. And sometimes your logic plays out, uh, but uh, more times than not, it doesn't forward to. So 24 games uh, over 500. Cha-ching, cha-ching on that one. We're going to start a new thing here. Um, I was always to come up with little gimmicks and everything. Uh, we're going to call it the Pyramid of Sports Winners. We're going to give you the best NBA play of the night, the best NBA prop play of the night, the best NHL play of the night, and then the best NHL prop play of the night. And then we're going to have playing only one. So picture a pyramid. Playing only one is at the ultimate top, and then the others are kind of like down the side. Uh, I'll let you know who those are when we uh, come back uh, from the break. But that said, let us go to our NHL prop plays. As I mentioned before, 1-5-2 yesterday. Not good. So we have one, two, three, four. We got five, six teams in action tonight. All right. We, we monitored this for a few weeks. Right around 500, slightly under 500 when you bet all these guys. And you, you can't do that. There's just not enough shots to go around. So we got to pick our poison here. You know, and that's why we did it. We, we monitored it for a couple of weeks, kind of, you know, figured out how this all kind of plays out. But when you have three, four guys that are leading your team shots on goal, you can't play all four because most of these guys are on the same line. And, and you just don't get that many shots on goal, believe it or not. You're basically, you know, increasing your chances to lose. So that's what we've been able to figure out. So now we're just going to go with the top one, maybe two guys, and that's it. Especially when there are guys on teams that really separate themselves from the next guy, shots on goal. Case in point, Islanders playing the Devils tonight. All right, the Devils, we updated our our, our, uh, worst teams, Uh, Chicago, Vancouver, Edmonton, San Jose, 
Philadelphia, Winnipeg, Columbus, L.A., New Jersey, Ottawa, Calgary. 11 teams give up at least 31 shots on goal. And that is our little line in the sand, 31 shots on goal. So we play the better players when they're playing those teams, those 11. And we update that every week. So New Jersey's on the list. So we're going to play the Islander better players tonight. Anders Lee has 66 shots on goal in 21 games. So he's averaging over three shots uh, on goal. The next guy is is in the 50s. That's enough where we're going to separate. You know, last couple of weeks, we would have played two or three. Nope. We're just going to choose one. Hook or crook, win or lose with Anders Lee. He's their main guy. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. All right, Philadelphia's on the list. They give up the four, one, two, three, four, five. They give up the fifth the most amount of shots on goal does Philadelphia. So you know where we're going. Our boy Brian Rust, 71 shots on goal in 20 games. That is a lot. That's almost four shots. It's Well, it's three and a half, to be fair. Three and a half shots on goal. That's a lot for a player. It really is. So forget about Crosby. He's next, but he's like 15 shots behind Rust, believe it or not. So uh, good old Brian is our play tonight on Pittsburgh. Uh, Detroit and Columbus. Columbus is on the list, right? So we're going to go with Detroit best player, Dylan Larkin. He's got 72 shots on goal in 22 games, though. Uh, but still not bad. Three and a half shots, basically. Just over three. Uh, we're going to play Montreal's two best players, Tyler Toffoli and Brendan Gallagher. Both have 67 shots on goal as they're playing Ottawa, which is uh, on that list. And then we got Vancouver and Winnipeg, who are both on the list. So we're going to play both their main guys. Uh, although this Vancouver team sucks, I, I got to tell you, it, it, I, I would be leery. I'm going to throw it on there just because Winnipeg is on there. But uh, I, I played Brock Besser about 20 times and he's yet to hit his total. So he's got 60 shots on goal in 24 games. It's really not that a lot. Elias Pedersen has uh, 60 and 24 as well, or maybe Peterson. Uh, and then Ellers for Winnipeg has 70 shots in 20. So we're going to play those three. So Lee, Rust, Larkin, Toffoli, Gallagher, Besser, uh, Peterson, Pedersen, and then Ellers are our shots on goal guys. Who are pyramid plays? Take a break and we'll come back. I'll let you know. The top five plays, including the ultimate top, top play. If you're only going to play one, just one play out of all the things that are on the board, that's coming up next. Opposite picks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, let's update our poll question. And that's a sleeper team in the upcoming college basketball NCAA tournament will be Oklahoma State, which I understand is on probation, but they are appealing. And uh, knowing that they have one of the best and most notable players in the country, I wouldn't doubt for a second that the NCAA says, all right, we're not going to get to your appeal in a little while, so go ahead and play. So that's why I put them on the list. Uh, They're getting 25% of the votes. San Diego State getting 29% of the votes. They're leading the way, uh, Kansas, 19% of the vote, and then other 
uh, getting 26.5% of the vote. And uh, others are actually pretty funny as uh, there's a couple of them there with uh, ties to where I went to school, UTEP, where my daughter goes to school, University of New Haven, Stephen tweets in Arkansas, Florida, Ducks from Kenny Kern. So uh, uh, not too bad. All right, here's our pyramid of winners tonight. <clears throat> you know, not for the riffraff, not for playing 5, 10, 15. I don't got time for that, Scott. I want to put in one or two plays. All right, best NBA play of the night, Knicks pick them. Halftime line against San Antonio, 13 straight covers. NBA best prop play of the night, over 32 and a half, Greek Freak. I know that's a lot of points. It is, but they're taking on Denver. You had an over-under that's close to 240. That's going to be a wild one. I expect him to hit 35-plus. NHL play of the night, under five and a half, Detroit Columbus. Red Wings, second worst amount of team goals scored. Columbus, ninth worst, believe it or not. So I don't think it's going to hit six goals. NHL prop of the night. Over two and, a five, uh, two and a half shots on goal, Brian Rust, shots on goal. FanDuel, for some reason, doesn't have that game listed. It's the nationally televised game between Pittsburgh and, uh, and Philadelphia. As of now, it's still going on, so unless there's something going on with that game. but um, So those are the top four. Top of the pyramid, if we're only going to play one, it came down to two. Knicks, 13 straight halftime covers. Our boy Brian Rust, eight and two, over two and a half shots on goal. You know what? I think the Knicks thing is a fluky thing. Give me Brian Rust. If you're only playing one, over two and a half shots on goal. He averages close to four. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Let's hope he does it again. Talk to you tomorrow. Opposite picks. Sports Radio.